0: Man, we've been in this series called Summer on the Mount. It comes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, probably one of the first large-scale sermons that Jesus teaches that we find, and it's found in the book of Matthew. It's about three chapters long, and Jesus, as pastor explains, he handles a lot of things in this whole sermon. It's like a big plethora of topics, and so I get the honor and privilege to take what's considered week two here, and I want you to jump over to Matthew chapter five with me. Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, that's awesome, love to have a Bible, maybe it's on your phone, maybe uh, it's, it's a good old real one, and uh, if you don't have your Bible with you, don't worry, they'll have it on the screen, but I want to pick up just three verses, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and it starts like this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on underfoot by people. Verse 14, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand to give light unto all those who are in the house. Check out verse 16 right here. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I want to just preach on, on something really simple today, salt and light. I just want to preach on, on salt and light. How about this? How about, uh, a lot, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a preacher who likes a little interactive crowd, so uh, can we get a little practice right here? Can I get an amen? Can I get preach it, son? Say, that's good. All right, how about this? How about I pray for you, you pray for me. Ready? Lord, I just thank you for everyone in-house and online that's watching. Lord, I thank you for everybody in Germantown. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's a part of today's gathering. Lord, I pray that you would just Open our ears and our minds and our hearts to your word today. God, just release your presence in this house. Let us hear what you have to say. But, Lord, let us apply it to our life and walk out changed. And, God, will give you the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, you may not know this about me, but I love to cook a lot. Like, I I cook probably 90% of the meals in our house. I love to cook. It's fun. Where's my men in the house that know their way around the kitchen? Come on, let me hear you. Two of you, awesome. Man, okay, let's do it this way. How many men in the house, uh, online, Germantown? Every, how many of y'all know your way around a grill? Come on. Ladies, are you glad if your husband knows his way around a grill? Come on. Today, thousands of dads across the U.S. are going to put on uh, some, some white New Balances, got a little grass stain on them. They're going to go over there, going to crank that grill up. And they're going to get the tongs out. And you know they're going to be a good cook if they grab those tongs. They got to click them a few times, you know. it's not You're not really a cook if you don't go... You know, like, it's going to be a good one today. Can't wait. I can't wait to jump on Instagram and Facebook and see all the all the men out there just throwing out all the stuff they're going to cook. Uh, but, man, I love to cook. And uh, I come from one of the best places in the world, eastern North Carolina, man. We got the best barbecue in the house. And uh, I grew up on barbecue in, like, that country comfort, soul food. I can cook some of the best barbecue you've ever eaten in your life. I can make collard greens. Where my greens fans at in the house? Come on. I, I can make cornbread so good that your grandmama would find me and say, I need a little bit of that recipe right there, son. I need some tips. Come show an old girl how to do it. Like, like I, but I'm not stuck in like that style. Man, I can make some beautiful stuffed shells. I can make lemon blueberry pie. I can make uh, some of the meanest street tacos you've ever eaten in your entire life. Man, where's my taco fans at in the house? Come on. Man, I love to, I love to cook. And uh, if there's one thing I've figured out the hard way in cooking is that salt is essential. Like, salt uh, makes or breaks the dish, right? Too much salt it's gross, right? Ever had something just like, woof, too salty? Somebody confused salt and sugar, that happens a lot, right? Uh, salt, um, man, and if you don't have enough of it, it always feels like something's missing. You ever eat something, you're just like, man, it, it's good, but it's missing that one little thing. But when you get the right amount of salt, man, it makes that dish just, just makes it pop, baby. It's like, it brings all the creativity out and everything that you put in it. Salt is, it's so good. It's just the right amount. And it makes this whole dish come to life. Let's be real. If we look around the world today, man, there's, there's something missing from our world today. Maybe, maybe you could come up with a lot of a lot of things that are missing. I'm sure you could, but I think if we, if we aligned it all back to one thing, there's something really missing. There's some catalyst missing from our society, from the world today, all over. And what's missing is the impact of Christ and his church. What's missing is the influence of Bible-believing, love-your-neighbor, overly generous, humble, holy, righteous people who love God and love people. Man, in this world, it's missing the love the love of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to talk a lot about the church. And let me explain what I mean when I say the church. I mean the big C church. Like, don't think particular building. Don't think particular denomination. What I'm saying is is church as a whole. All the believers in the world as a whole are considered this body of Christ, this church. And so I want to talk a little bit about today. But there's a reason why Jesus chooses the church to reveal his plan of redemption to the world. There's a reason why, and it's this, and I want you to write it down. Man, a church with the right focus and the right motives really can change the world. A church with the right focus and the right motives, it really can change the world. In fact, uh, Jesus is not only trying to list out to them some of the things in this sermon of what to avoid and how to act and how to be, but... But Jesus is setting that cornerstone, that foundation. He's beginning to build the foundation of this church that he's going to release out into the world to hear and help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the church that Jesus started. I'm thankful for the gospel. Anybody just thankful for the relationship that you got with the Lord? Come on. But, man, let's uh, looking at this passage, let's start with why salt, man? Like why out of all the things Jesus could have said, he could have said, hey, you're the dirt of the earth, or like you're the wind of the earth, or maybe something spicy like you're the hot sauce of the earth, or the fire of the earth, like, like you're, all these things, he's like, you know what, you're the salt of the earth, he said you're the salt of the earth, now now you and I know we know some salty people right now, right? Look right this way, stare straight at me. Do not look around this room. I see some people turning to look at their spouse right now. Turn right now, someone in Germantown's like, "Where is Susan? I saw her post on Nextdoor app earlier. She needs like like we know some salty people, like salty the wrong way people. Like like they're grumpy, like they're they're half empty, man. Half empty people. They're 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 pessimists, they're not optimists, man. We know some salty the wrong way, but Jesus is not He's not trying to say, be salty the wrong way. He's trying to be salty the right way. In fact, let me give you some salty facts right now. Here's some facts about salt. Number one is, uh, man, there's over 14,000 uses for salt. Like, that's, that's a lot of uses, right? Like, that's a lot of things. Salt, it, it, it seasons, right? It brings out flavors in different dishes. But salt also preserves It's a part of the preservative process. Man, salt... Salt is essential to body function. Like, you need salt to live. It's a big part of cellular uh, activity and, and the way you retain water. And salt is it's a huge part of the biological functions of your body. And then salt, uh, it's made up of two elements, sodium and chloride, and the reaction of those two things together. And if Those are some facts about salt. Then what is Jesus trying to tell you and me when he says, you, you are the salt of the earth? And I believe he's trying to say a few things. Number first thing is this, is that we have a purpose. Like if salt has a purpose, then you and I, we have a purpose. If it has over 14,000 uses, then guess what? You've got thousands of ways you can be a catalyst in this world, a catalyst for the kingdom. There's thousands of ways you can get involved and, and, and and change your family and change your home and change your neighborhood. Salt, uh, is, is, it has a purpose. and So do you. Man, salt is valuable. That's one thing I didn't put up there. Man, salt, especially at this time, uh, it's a valuable commodity. Sometimes it's even traded uh, as money. Some people, if you had enough money, you had a salt seller in your house. And, and salt is valuable. And so if salt is valuable and Jesus is saying you're the salt of the earth, then you need to know you have value. Like, I don't care what people have said about you, you have value. Like, you're significant even when you look in the mirror and you don't feel significant. God has a significant plan for each one of you. He's got an impact for each one of you. He has a job for each one of you. And then just like the two chemicals coming together to make this awesome thing called salt, man, there's something that happens when you and I join these two things in our life together. And those two things are repentance and faith. Man, when you, when you choose to repent of your sins and, and put your faith in Jesus, man, you talk about the biggest change that your life has ever experienced. That's it right there. Like, you began this journey of faith. You began this journey of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I've never looked back, man. I love it. I love serving God. I love my life. Uh, in, and I had a life before the Lord. Like, I, I, I know what it's like to not serve God, and I know what it's like to serve God. And I'll take God, I'll take repentance and faith any day. Like, I'll take my faith any day. But there's something incredible, something incredibly powerful that happens when you join repentance and faith. If you have repentance and no faith, then all you do is keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. And if you have faith but you don't have any repentance, then you don't really have any change, period. So God is starting this catalyst for the church. He's trying to enlist us in the help of reaching the community and reaching the world for the gospel of Jesus Christ so today I want to take a moment and talk about that phrase that he uses, the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth. Let's let's compare salt and the church. Can we do that together? Are you ready? Say let's go. Come on, let's go. Number one is this. If salt is essential to life, then the church is essential to life. People in this period, they recognize that salt. It has to be a part of their everyday activity from preserving things to seasoning things. Salt is critical in almost every cellular function in your entire body, especially the sodium side when it comes to energy. Salt is super important. Did you know, like, if you don't have enough salt in your body, that's why you become dehydrated. You lose water more rapidly. Dehydration can lead all the way down to death. It leads to all these different things. I mean, salt, salt is important. In fact, that's what should happen. In our culture, if you take the salt of the church of the way, the culture should die. The church should have such an impact on the culture that it's sitting within that it becomes a vital part and a life-giving part of the community in which it sits. You should be a vital part of your workplace. You should be a vital part, your faith should be a vital part of your family environment and your home in our cities, both here and in Germantown and anywhere online that you're watching Man, life-giving churches, I've noticed one thing about life-giving churches. They don't seem to shut their doors. Like They don't seem to close down. It should should be a warning sign to us if if a church closes and you don't know about it and I don't know about it and the community doesn't change. I think that should tell you right there just how life-giving that church really was. Life-giving churches, man, they bring something to the table that others don't. They bring an impact to the table that, that others just don't. And there are many great things about this church that I absolutely love, but probably one of the most important parts of this church lies right in the name, and that's Go. Go. If you've been a part of this church for any sort of time, then you understand, like, we're going to push you to serve. In fact, just a plug, man, both campuses, Serve Month is happening right now. Like, you could sign up right now for you and your family, and I want to encourage you, bring your kids along. Let's find a place where they can serve, too. But go. Man, I don't know many churches um, that have an impact like we have an impact. And I'm just going to brag on your church for a minute. I don't know many churches that are sending teams out every single month to reach the people in their community. I don't know many churches that are taking a whole month and dedicating hundreds of projects towards reaching the community. I don't know many churches that give away $200,000 to the the community and the nonprofits with zero strings attached. Like, we just want to bless what you're doing in the kingdom I don't know many churches who could mobilize enough manpower and people to clear tornado debris from 92 homes and distribute over 300 meals to first responders in just 14 days. If you're proud of Go Church, give Go Church some applause. Man, that's you. That's me. That's the impact we're having together. The church, the church should be this restorative agent in the community. The church should bring about restoration in a way that a hospital can't and a nonprofit can't uh, and a government can't. The church should should be so powerful. In fact, if one of the 14,000 uses of salt, one of them is smelling salts. And if you've ever been knocked out, you can explain that to us later. But if you've ever been knocked out for any reason, uh, they'll pop some smelling salts right under you and boom, it will bring you right back to consciousness. It'll bring you right back awake and restore your consciousness. And that That, my friend, is what the church should be. It should be a restorative agent that, when applied to the world, wakes the world up from this unconscious sleep of sin and opens their eyes and their heart and their mind to a life filled with Christ Jesus. When you walk into a workplace that is depressing, you should be the one bringing the joy. You should bring the one bringing the light. You know, sometimes you may work a job where, man, the... Your bosses, they're just, they're just Debbie Downers. Let's just be real. There's seasons in your job where it ain't that fun. But you know what? Instead of waiting on your job to fix the atmosphere, why don't you be the thermostat that changes that atmosphere? Why don't you be the change agent that comes in with joy and peace and kindness when nobody else wants to be kind and everyone wants to just suck on a lemon, you know, like just be grumpy. I mean, salt is essential to life, and so the church is essential to life. Number two right here is this. Salt pulls the flavor out, the church should pull the best out of people. If salt pulls flavor out, then you and I should pull the best out of those we come in contact with every day. People should see such a difference in you. When you come into the room, when you enter into their life, that if they don't know Jesus, they look at you and say, something is different, and I want that something that they have. Like, I want... Whatever Kool-Aid he's drinking, like I, I want to be a part, I want that joy. You see, many many people in this world are struggling to find happiness, but happiness we all know is based upon things that are happening, but Christians should be full of joy, that whether it's raining or the sun is shining, they're praising the Lord either way. Either way, they're coming in with joy. Either way, they're coming in with peace salt man we should pull the flavor out we should pull the skill set out of people we should pull the giftings out of people and the joy out of tough situations we should pull the best out of people and what the world needs right now it is not another news channel it is not another politician or a different politician what the world needs is kindness man we need encouragement, right? We need, we need people who are willing to look at somebody that everyone else rejects and say, God has a plan and God has a purpose for you and I'm gonna, help you, I'm gonna help you find it. I'm gonna point you to Jesus. Can I get an amen from somebody? Man, do you remember that time that somebody spoke into you and found you in a place where you were low and said, you've got value. You, you, you've got, you've got, uh, you got something going on and you, man, God's gonna do some special things in your life. We don't need Christians who are salty the wrong way. And, man, I'm going to be real. Let's just be real transparent this morning. Some of us pull the wrong things out of people, right? Some of us, man, some of, some of us, we're sour. Like, we're half empty sometimes. Sometimes, you know what, I'm going to let you know something. If you're the only one, uh, if you're if you're lonely today and you're like man I don't have any friends you know I don't know why people don't love my attitude and love my personality love all this stuff I'm telling you maybe we should look in the mirror and maybe we should say man am I being a little bit salty like like am I am I the one that's complaining a little too much man. I don't care how messed up somebody is. I don't care if they got their shoes. I don't care if they're rocking some Jordans or they got some Goodwill shoes on. Like, like we need to get past all of this superficial outside. They don't have purpose because they look this way, act this way. God has placed important things in every single one of our lives. And just like you were jacked up, so was I. But I found Jesus, and here I am today. Like, let's, let's be a church that revives and pull the best the absolute best out of people, that even when they feel like, man, no one else is on my team, man, Go Church is on my team. Christians were on my team. Man, people have got a purpose and a calling, and God, God is calling all of us to pull the best out of people instead of highlighting all the bad. And you know what? I think some of us just need to stop wasting so much time hanging around people who don't pull the best out of us. Like like some of us, we're trying like we're trying to be half full people, but we're surrounding ourselves with people who don't pull the best out of us. But I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste my time with people who don't who don't push me to live better and talk better and be more generous and love more and be more kind. Man, I don't I don't want people uh, who, who aren't going to put me in the best position to win. Like, I want to be myself because my true self is aligned with the heart of Jesus Christ. And the more I lean into him, the more joyful I'll be, the more peace I got. Look at your neighbor and say, can I just be myself for a minute? Come on. Can I just be myself? Can you just tell them that? Like sometimes you just need you just need to let folks know you're just going to be you. You're going to love Jesus, you're going to praise him anyhow. You don't want to be a part of the negative conversation. You don't want to be a part be a part of the drama. Like you just want to be you. You want to be in line with the word of God. You just want to praise, man. The church should pull the best out of people. We should be that group. And then the third thing is this, man. The more pure the salt, the greater the impact. If that's true, then a Christ-empowered church makes all the difference. A Christ-empowered, full, body-believing, like we are, we are in it to win it. We are sold out and all into Jesus Christ. That kind of church changed the world when it was released, and that kind of church can still change the world today. I'm gonna ask you this question: Have you lost your potency today? Have you lost your effectiveness as a believer today? Now, I believe that Jesus, in this little section of Scripture, is really trying to tell us two things. Number one, uh, you will be the change agent that I'm going to deploy in the world when he says, hey, you're going to be the salt of the earth. But also he's saying you cannot dilute your purpose with things contrary to the kingdom. You can't dilute your purpose with things contrary to the kingdom. He talks about salt losing its flavor. In other words, you can't follow the world and the word at the same time. Like, you're either team Jesus you're not there's not like this weird in between there's not this neutral party right there's no neutrality with light and darkness it's either it's light or it's dark it's not an in-between but I think we live in a culture man that that you've heard this acronym FOMO like the fear of missing out man all of us have that fear right like we're developing we're raising a generation that's too scared to commit to Anything like anything like like they want to. They'll be this one day and this one day all the way down to sexuality, all the way up to like what they want to be when they grow up. Now I read a book uh, about just really the information and how that exposes our children to growing up, like the access of the internet, all those things. And I'm not knocking any of that. That's an everyday part of our life. But man, what we find is like this extension of childishness. Because people never experienced true childhood. They never got through true, true childhood uh, when they were younger. But, man, this culture, it's trying to convince us that you should never pick a side, that all things should be neutral. But when I read the Word of God, that's not the case. Like, there's, there's light and there's darkness. There's Jesus and there's no other way. Like, it's, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I promise you this, I've been in this boat of trying to be both things to both worlds. And the word says that that's lukewarm and that Jesus, that God spews us out of his mouth. He spits lukewarm out of his mouth. I've been lukewarm many, many times in my life. And I had to finally one day just make a decision to go after God. I learned this like the hard way, man. Salt diluted loses its purpose. Like, like faith diluted loses It's purpose. And the more you dilute your commitment to God, the less of a change factor you will actually be in the community you're in. The less of a change factor you're going to be in your home, the less of a change factor you're going to be in your work, the less of a change factor it has on your own heart. We've got to get comfortable with with saying no to some things so we can say yes to some God things. We've got to be comfortable with... with, uh, sacrificing a little bit so that we can remain pure and not participate in some of those things. Can I can I just can I preach this for just a minute, man? It's okay to raise kids who would rather be in church than on a ball field. And I love ball. Like it's okay to raise kids who want to wait until marriage and save their sexuality and save Save the virginity till marriage. Like, it's okay to raise kids like that. It's okay to never have a prodigal son moment as a believer where you turn your back on the Lord and walk away. It's okay to say, I gave my heart to Jesus as a young person, and I'm still here today. Like, that's okay. Let's get past that weird stigmatism of all that stuff. It's okay to, to be the only one not drinking at the, at the work Christmas party. Like, it's okay. And it is okay to be different than the rest of this world. It's okay. we got to be comfortable with that, man. we got to be comfortable uh, being salt uh, in a world that, that is, that's struggling. Please don't let truth decay in your heart, man. Please don't let it decay in your heart. Even when cancel culture tells you that, that whatever you believe is incorrect or it's hostile and it's unfriendly, you've got to stand on it. Did you know, like, salt among the 14,000 things that it does... Uh, one of the things it does is it prevents the wrong growth, right? If you salt meat, it prevents bacteria from growing. And, and salted meat can, can last longer than meat not salted. But, man, if you went out to your yard today and you took a 40-pound bag of salt and you, like, spread it over like you would do lime, it will literally kill all the vegetation that's under. It will salt the soil up so much that something, something can't grow and uh, I learned this too the hard way. man, if, if, if we've got growth of things we shouldn't in our lives, it's because we've lost our flavor and our potency. Just being real. If there's something if you're battling something in your life right now that you know is contrary to the word and you're struggling with the decision, I want you to know uh, you need to, you need to get you need to get before the Lord and pray a little bit more. Like We need to, we need to connect our mind and our heart uh, to the Word. Man, the times in my life where I have made wrong decision after wrong decision have been times where I purposely turn my back on the things that I believe and the things that I know. What does that look like? What does losing your, your flavor and your potency look like? It looks like making decisions on the things your heart feels and not the things that the Word says. It's, it looks like this. It looks like knowing you need to say something to that loved one Who's on a path to hell, but not saying it because you're scared they're gonna reject you and the relationship's gonna be awkward. We gotta season the culture. At the same time, you can't expect the world to make decisions like you and I would make decisions. You can't expect the world. Uh, to 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 follow along the guidelines of the word right like you I, I grew up like you know I love my grandparents you know I love my family I got some country folks in my family and I know Pastor anytime he complains in his messages he always talks about like that one person that's real grumpy and country that's like my family uh, you know but I remember like watching the Super Bowl and be like I can't believe they would sing something like that I can they don't know they don't know the Lord like they don't know any better. I'm not going to hold them to my standard. They don't know the word. It's my job to reveal the gospel to them. It's my job to influence their life in the right way. It's my job to tell them that Jesus died for them. And that if if they choose to give their heart to him, then he can wash all of their sins away. If the culture looked like the word, there would be no need for the church. And this point of Jesus, this part of Jesus' message would be pointless. But man, the church is to influence culture and all of humanity back to the cross. That's our job, man. That's what we do. Like that's. I grew up in a church, man. It's been probably like 80% of its time letting you know what you couldn't do, right? Like, uh, I grew up holiness. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, we, didn't do, uh, uh, we didn't go to the beach. We went to the coast. That's what we call it. Uh, and, uh, you know, growing up holiness has got some great benefits. But if, as a teenager, I could tell you more about what I couldn't do than I could about what I could do, Like I I was, I was always told, man, you know, this, 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 and this you can't do. But when I read the Word of God, I read how Jesus gives me a different taste, and I won't have to worry about the things I shouldn't do because I will have tasted and seen that Jesus really is good. And the call of God to His church is to preach the gospel. It's to preach the gospel. It's not just to say, yes, you're sinful, but you can't, you can't just say, hey, you're, you're going to go to help and not give them a way out, right? Like, it's, it's yes, though your sins be as scarlet, they can be washed white as snow. And it's, and it's yes, for the wages of sin is death, but, but, but the gift of God, there's like, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're to be generous people, generous with the gift of God and the gift of salvation. What I love about Go Church, man, if you've been a part of this church for a while, you know you hear the word of God, but you're pushed to love people to life, and we're not scared to preach about the gospel, man. Salt diluted, loses its purpose. Have you lost your potency today? I kind of want to jump uh, as I wrap this up right here about really the second portion of this set of scripture. Let's really talk about the light. Jesus says, hey, you're salt of the earth, but he also says, you're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. You're not to be hidden. In fact, your faith should be, as in, and we as a church should be right up there shining a light on everything that's dark in this world, giving them a chance at hope and a new creation. And so why be the light? If that's the question, let's talk about three things. I want you to write these down. Why be the light? Number one, the world needs the light of Christ. The world needs the light of Christ. And I find it very funny that not, not really funny, but it's unique. Jesus says, hey, you're the light of the world. And by the way, don't even think of who, what person hides a light under a basket who covers it up and hides the fact that they have a light? No one, man. You light a light because a light has purpose. And I want you to know today, I want to challenge you today, don't hide your faith under a basket. Like don't hide your commitment to God uh, just away in a corner. And, and it comes out when you're in Sunday morning, you had a gathering or you're at a first Wednesday or a first Saturday prayer. Like, it comes out in a small group, but it goes away the rest of the time when you're in front of the people who really need to hear the word. Man, to hide your faith is to deny, is to deny those in the dark a chance at redemption. Man, to hide your faith is to hide the very thing that rescued you. Why would you, why would you hide a life preserver for someone that's drowning? But, man, I've been there. I've been worried about... <laughs> This is weird when you think about it this way. I, I've been worried about what the person drowning would think if I just threw a life, life preserver at them. If I just threw them a life vest. Let me tell you what, they're going to grab that life vest. If you present it the right way, if you present the gospel in the right way, I promise you, it begins to have an effect uh, that, that goes beyond anything you could do on your own. Man, the world, the world needs the light. Number two is this, man, right here. Your light is a blessing to those around you. Your light is a blessing to those around you. Your faith, it should be such a blessing in your home and in your workplace, man, that you just, man, when people come into your house, it just, it brings peace. It just brings joy. Man, we've been, uh, my son's birthday is today. He's three. It's phenomenal. Uh, I love my son, Judah. We got Judah and our two uh, twin girls who will be one year old next month on the fourth. And uh, right now, our house is chaotic. Let's just be real. If you have kids, you know, like every day they just bring every toy possible out. And at the end of the day, you're doing everything you can with like a snow shovel to just get them all up. But you know what? Last week, we threw a little birthday party for the people in the community, uh, for, for my son, for all of his friends in our neighborhood. We have a big neighborhood. And I walked into my house, man, and there's moms, you know, hanging out all together. There's kids playing in this little inflatable pool that we have. Everybody's laughing, loving life. And I said, this, this is what I want my home to be. I want it to be so full of the love of Jesus Christ and the hospitality that a Christian should have, that people just have joy when they come in. Man, like, do you are you a bringer of real joy? For real, like, like, can you say right now that when you show up at work on Monday, you're going to make a difference in the atmosphere and the environment? The third thing is this: man, your light uh, it points people to Jesus. And your faith, it points people to Jesus. It points them to hope. Let me read verse 16 real quick. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Hear me out. Uh, If you want to be used by God, you have to be comfortable with God getting all the credit. If you want to be used by God, you have to be comfortable with Him getting the attention. And if you want the credit, you really really don't want to change the world. You just really want a crowd. You just really want a fan base I want I want to be someone who's who's not a self-righteous server but a true servant of the Lord and I'm serious when I say this that that every day is a kingdom opportunity every day is a shot to reach somebody for the Lord and some of you I'm about to tell the story some of you think it's really silly but I don't yeah and in in December, I was blessed enough to have saved money for a long time, and I bought uh, a truck. I bought an old classic truck I'm building, and uh, as I was driving it home from the guy's house I bought it from, which it barely made it home, while I was driving it home, not only was I praying that it would make it home, but I said this prayer. I said, Lord, let this truck be an opportunity to do ministry somehow and in some way. Like, first week, I've got it in the house. Uh, I live kind of on a busy street. I had it in in the in the driveway and i'm washing it cleaning it up it needed a major bath and all of a sudden around the corner comes this like 1956 f100 and when i mean it's like show quality it is the one of the prettiest trucks i've ever seen and this guy just rolls right up in front of my house and stops he says "What's well, a great truck you got there young man i was like man yours is not as nice as yours like we began this conversation and he man just opened up all of a sudden And he said you know what uh Sorry, I don't talk real well. I've been battling cancer all over my throat. Like all over my throat, down my esophagus. And he said, in fact, I've had so many surgeries now I'm I'm basically on an all-liquid diet. He said, I'm I, I miss steak so bad. That's what he said. And in a moment right there, you know, I got a sponge in my hand with soap on it, and I put the sponge down on the ground, and I laid my hand on that man's shoulder and I began to pray. Just supernatural healing. He didn't know the Lord. He he said I never had somebody pray for me and I definitely had somebody pray for me like that. And over the last few months he has gotten out and tried to walk. He's still debilitated a little bit from some of the cancer he's battling, and he has changed his whole route to walk by my house, hoping to get to see me outside. He told me that the other day. And listen, I'm not saying I'm not saying this whole story because I want recognition. I'm saying because if you really will open up your day-to-day to to the Lord in a kingdom perspective, you will find you will reach more people for Jesus than you ever realized you could. Through the simple day-to-day. When you begin to look for God in your day-to-day, I promise one thing, you will find him. He'll show up. If you pray, God, give me opportunities to share my faith, guess what he's going to do? He's going to give you those opportunities, and it's up to you and I to step into that moment and step into that, that, that time and to be the kingdom and to be the witness we need to be. I'm calling on the church today to step your game up. Like, let's stop complaining about everything that's wrong in the world, and let's bring the most powerful change agent, the cross, and the resurrection, and let's get out there and let's change the world for Jesus together. Man, I, just, I feel this like I need to say this in my spirit right now to some parents, man. To some parents in the room that your kids don't know the Lord yet. One thing about salt I know is, man, like salt, salt like melts ice, right? Salt will melt the coldest of hearts, man. Salt, the salt of the gospel, it will melt the coldest of hearts. So I know your kids give you all kinds of stuff They're fussing at you every week, don't want to go to church, don't want to be a part of here, don't understand why this is so stupid and we got to go sit. Let me tell you what, Mom and Dad, don't you give up. Because I promise you, they can sit in here and hear the gospel day after day, week after week. And let let me tell you what, there's no heart so cold that the salt of Jesus Christ can't fix and can't melt. Man, I'm so thankful today that my parents drug me to church because now I get to lead the church. Now I am where I am. And listen, I made a ton of mistakes, parents. My dad watched me literally walk away from the Lord, but he never stopped praying. Let's be clear. The assignment of the church given by God is to be the salt of the earth and the light when everything else is dark. It's not your fraternity. It's not the Masons. It's not... uh, Republicans or Democrats, is not the White House, it's not Wall Street, it's not the U.N., it's you and it's me, and it's our job to share Jesus to the world. In this church, it's evident in our mission and plan, but is it evident in your mission and plan for your life? I want to close with this question. We do this often, but how effective are you at your faith of you and your faith to the world around you. How effective is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Let's take the age factor out of it. Let's take the job factor out of it. How effective are you as a believer? Maybe you're in here and you don't know the Lord. I want to I give you an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus Christ. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're online right in your living room. Maybe you're in Germantown today. And I've been preaching, all oh, man, a relationship with Jesus Christ changes the world and, and, and the salt of the, we're the salt of the earth. And God's got a calling for every believer. But you're sitting back and you're going, man, something's missing from me in this message. I'm not salt. I'm not a part of a body of believers. But if you're in here today and you know Jesus Christ is calling you to come home. And accept him as your Lord and Savior. And you want to make that commitment today. I just want you to raise your hand right now. I just want to pray over you. Thank you, man. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? It's July 4th. No better time to get free than right now. Here's what we're going to do. For the one person that raised their hand, we're going to pray a prayer of salvation as one big body together. And I want everybody to repeat after me. But if you raise your hand, this is specifically for you. God set this whole message up just so you could hear the word of God. Come on. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, forgive me of my sins and make me whole. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Come on, can you give it up for the one person that gave their heart to the Lord here and people online, I love it. Man, man, I want you to just marinate on this question for just a few moments as we continue on. Man, I love this church. I'm gonna pray a prayer, Lord, right now as people begin to think about this task and this question, Lord, to the believers in the room, who are doing some self-reflection today, that they know their, their life and their heart, and it's just not as effective as it can be. Lord, I pray that today you would release them over the next 60 seconds with a plan, a commitment, God, to share the gospel to this world. God, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.